It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Bengals offense will look to bounce back against Micah Parsons in this Cowboys defense as the Bengals look to avoid the 0-2 start. We'll break down all the matchups. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. It's about time for a game preview week two coming up. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Bengals, which means we're covering the Cincinnati Bengals every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And by now, you might be noticing our little routine for our weeks. Hope you're enjoying. If you're new to the show, join the club of subscribers and followers because we will have you covered all season long. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. James, we're going to start with the offense as we look ahead to this week two matchup because the defense played great. And it's another backup quarterback and another injury plague team and another offensive line with holes. And so we'll talk about the defense a little bit later and how they pretty much need to do the same thing they did in week one. But what needs to change the most is the offense, because in week one, the defense did enough to win the football game. Unfortunately, Pittsburgh's defense did more and the Bengals gave them those opportunities. So here against the Dallas defense that certainly features Micah Parsons, their version of J.J. Watt in terms of a game destroyer. You've heard a lot did of – you say J.J. Coach. I did say J.J. Watt, T.J. Watt. Yeah. Micah Parsons, it works a game it's, record. It's 2015. It works. Yeah. You're right. Well, and T.J. made some J.J.-like plays uh, against Don't the Bengals in me. week one. But Micah Parsons, as Bengals coaches and Joe Burrow have discussed, is the game record this week, and that needs to be what they need to make sure doesn't beat them. Yeah, that's that's where it starts. That's where it ends. Uh, you know, I've talked to multiple offensive linemen about Micah this week, and the the challenging part about it. Let, let's just use Jamar Chase for example. We saw it last week. You know how hard it is for the Steelers mid game after they had this whole game plan to now have to deal with Jamar Chase moving all over, and it's just it's just harder to stop a guy like that, right? Stop this freakish guy who can make plays regardless of the coverage. It was the same thing with Micah Parsons. He moves all over, and it's going to be really interesting to see how this Bengals offensive line responds because Cordell Volson, man, you know, he's just being thrown into it from Aaron Donald in joint practices. Then last week, Cam Hayward, and I thought he held up pretty well overall considering the circumstances. And welcome to the league, rookie. You're going to have to deal with Micah Parsons, who is only in his second year but is one of the best pass rushers in this league. He's one of, I think, four players uh, to have 15 or more sacks in seven, his first 17 games. Micah Parsons is a freak, and so you don't let that freak get freaky. And if you do that, 
I'm going to be feeling pretty good about Joe Burrow in this offense. Yeah, by the way, by the way, the fact that you didn't crack a smile there when I said don't let that I freak did. get freaky. Oh, did you? Okay. When I looked down, it looked like you were poker face, which all the credit to you because I would have laughed if I heard myself say that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a Jamesism. We've been doing this for a while now, man. What what do you, you're not going to get me every time? You'll get you get you me sometimes. <laughs> Uh, Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, certainly the two biggest pass rushing threats. Anthony Barr plays for the Cowboys. Did you know that? Not a name we've talked about yet this week. Leighton Vanderash, legend. Uh, a still still a linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Javon Curse is out with an injury, but Trayvon Diggs and uh, Amari Hooker. Why am I Mal- Malik Hooker? I don't know why Malik I just Hooker. blanked on his name. Yeah, Amari Hooker. Cooper, not a Dallas Cowboys safety. Malik Hooker. Uh, we'll, we'll be a couple of guys in the secondary to watch out for, but mm-hmm. for, for the offensive line, the name of the game is be more consistent, take a step up in. And like you said, James, identify where Micah Parsons is on the field. This is something that I tweeted about on, I think Tuesday, I was mm-hmm. looking ahead, starting to think about this game against the Cowboys. And I was looking at where Micah Parsons aligned in, in week one. And I think we've talked about it this week. He took 20 snaps, outside the left tackle, 20 snaps outside the right tackle, and 20 snaps in between those positions. So he, he's literally lining Bounce. up all over the place. He did most of his damage against the Bucks over the yeah. left tackle. There, were, there was an injury there, but he also beat mm-hmm. up Donovan Smith before he left. I think he had three pressures on Donovan Smith before he left the game, and that's a, an admirable left tackle down there mm-hmm. for Tampa. Jonah Williams can't let up those big splash plays. Even if Jonah was solid for a lot of that game, and I think he was, you can't have those plays on offensive line. Your margin of error is just smaller than a lot of other positions because when you make a mistake, it can lead directly to a turnover as or, or indirectly to a turnover as Jonah Williams plays early on Sunday in week one did. So, so you can't have those mistakes really on either side of the ball. The L Collins, of course, in a revenge game, knows Micah Parsons pretty well but again that's a fun matchup and I'm, I'm not as worried about the Micah Parsons one-on-ones with Cordell Volson just because there shouldn't be as many of them as he has on the outside but when they do happen it's something that the Bengals will have to be aware of and have a plan for and you know what I want to see did you see the Micah Parsons tweeting out at Leonard Fournette or about Leonard Fournette because and it was when Donovan Smith was was blocking trying to block Micah Parsons and Fournette just throws a shoulder pad right into the chest and knocks Parsons down. You're going to need some of that, right? So Samaj P. Ryan and Joe Mixon, and those are the two backs I expect to play most of, if not the entire game. Those two guys are going to have to do that and, and find 11 and help out and, and seek him. And, you know, not one-on-one. I get that. I understand that. But if Jonah Williams is even remotely holding up and and you're sliding protection over to to Parsons. All right, then you know you're you're sending one of these backs get a hit on him here and there because that'll frustrate him a bit, I think. And look, this comes down to you know in the offensive line we talk about that Joe Burrow has to play better. Mm-hmm. And my bar and expectations for Joe Burrow in this game are extremely high. I know he's been faded by fantasy analysts out there, and that could have to do. Uh, with T. Higgins a bit, which as we're recording this, T. Higgins missed Thursday's practice, and he's um, hasn't cleared concussion protocol that I'm aware of. He was missing practice due to personal reasons. So expect him back Friday. So if you're listening Friday, T. Higgins probably back at the facility. Hopefully he can play. We'll see. But regardless, 
I expect Joe Burrow to have a big game. And does it translate to fantasy? To fantasy, I'm not sure if it will. All right, this isn't locked on fantasy. This is locked on Bengals. And so as a locked on Bengals host, what I'm telling you is expectations-wise, Joe Burrow, he's going to play a hell of a lot better on Sunday. Not because Dak Prescott's out. Not because he was bad last week. Because he's that damn good. And when you're that talented and you're that determined and all of those things and as smart as he is, he's not going to have a second game just like uh, the one he had, especially in the first half. He's not going to do that again this week in Dallas. Yeah, I think some valuable lessons learned for Joe Burrow in week one. But I also think Dallas, as we talked about with Marcus, is going to be a little bit more adventurous on defense and a little bit more high risk in some ways, but we'll see if they can disguise as well as the Steelers did, because I do think that those disguises did get Joe Burrow to hesitate a few times. I think we talked about this too in the second half. He was a lot better. The processing looked better and it could just very well have been a rust issue with most of those turnovers coming early in the game. But yeah, it's hard to expect Joe Burrow to reprise that week one performance. He had 17 turnover worthy plays last year, according to PFF played a whole heck of a lot more than 17 games because this includes the postseason. This includes the playoffs. You have four turnover-worthy plays in week one. That's uh, a quarter of his total from last year. Y- you know, I-, I can't see that happening again for Joe Burr. You do expect him happen. to clean it up. I think there's an opportunity for this offense to, to have a big bounce-back game. I'm not saying it's going to be easy like I said, they do need to account for Micah Parsons. They do need to make sure that Micah Parsons and and Lawrence don't ruin the game. But they should be able to run the ball a little bit better. I would <laughs> like to see the running game bounce back. I mean, that's another part of this offense we need to talk about. And Joe Burrow should play better. And <laughs> if those things happen and they take care of the ball, well, we'll talk about the defense a little bit later too. This game should go the Bengals' way. We'll continue the conversation as we preview week two. Running game, defense, special teams. They've they've got a long snapper replacement coming up next. But first, if you're going to Dallas, you probably need a car. I'm going to Dallas. I need a car. That's why you use Turo, the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want, Dallas, for a community of local hosts. That's it. All you do is you you go to this low... uh, Turo.com, and there's a community of local hosts, and you get to pick out the car that you want. And it's not just in the U.S. It's in Canada, so Jake can use Turo. It's in the U.K. You can book a spacious SUV, a minivan for a family road trip. Maybe you want something a little more exotic, something a little faster. You can do that as well, whether it's luxury, classic, economy. Turo has got you covered. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions do apply. Ditch boring rental cars and find your drive today at Turo.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
James, we want to spend the next 10 minutes talking about Cal Edomitis's premiere in the NFL, or do you want to maybe do something something less substantial, like talk about the defense or the running game or other keys to the game? I actually want to talk about Jamar Chase. Oh, weird. Second. You want to talk about Jamar Chase instead Shock- of Cal Edomitis? Shocker. Why? Shocker. Yeah, that's right. I think the Bengals, and they moved him around and stuff, and part of that had to do with injuries. I think we're going to see a little creativity. Not that they weren't creative last week. They were kind of put in a, a tough spot. And Jamar Chase plays 100 plays, 94 total snaps when you count penalties. It's uh, 100 snaps, 94 plays. He uh, He's going to get used in a variety of ways. And I wonder if that creative box starts on Sunday against Dallas. It might matter about Higgins' status there. But I just wanted to put it out there for our listeners that the Bengals, they didn't unveil everything with Jamar. And they know how special he is. And so I think special is going to get the ball early, is going to get touches often, and it won't be almost a quarter until he gets his first target like it was last week. Yeah, I think that the Bengals honestly used Jamar pretty well in week one, given the game plan they faced. The the Steelers just dead set on not letting Jamar Chase beat them over the top. You could see it throughout the game. Minka Fitzpatrick over whatever corner is over Jamar Chase on that side of the field vast majority of the game and they did move him around they put him in the slot they motioned him into the backfield a couple times putting some stuff on tape and and i think they have some plans for the joe mix and jamar chase split back shotgun set and and you're going to see some cool stuff out of that they ran a little misdirection screen that got i think it was tipped but either way uh didn't end up getting executed but the the jamar chase backfield stuff they're putting him in the slot a little bit more mm-hmm which maybe even there's a bigger plan for that if T. Higgins doesn't get hurt and he doesn't have to play both outside receiver positions as well, uh, which which he did, as has been noted by by many on Sunday. So, yeah, th- that is an exciting feature of this game. It would also be exciting if T. Higgins gets back and, and can play a full game because the offense obviously <laughs> works a lot better when those three guys are on the field together because so much of what they do is predicated on those three guys. I will say that Jamar Chase underneath this is what i liked the 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 play action uh the play action strike the little in uh they call it a strike it it was a really nice play for jamar chase breaks a tackle takes it down uh for for some yards after catch joe burrow when he steps up in the middle of the pocket finds jamar chase coming over the middle again the guy doesn't go down on first contact And, Mm. and that is part of what's so impressive to me about his game is the, the ability to make tackles, play like a running back. And, you know, it reminds me a little bit of, and very different players, but the way I, when I was younger, I saw TJ Hushmanzada often run like a running back with the ball in his hands. Obviously, Jamar is more explosive than TJ. <laughs> so when you combine those abilities, that's really exciting. You have this very versatile piece. And so, as we discussed last year, when, when you can use a player like Jamar in all these different ways, that really opens the box. And I think that you're right, James, that the Bengals coaches and and I'm sure Joe Burrow are excited to find more ways to get Jamar Chase touches. Yep. And oddly enough, in, in shocking development, James just turned half of the defense in the defensive segment into wide receiver talk. That Crazy. being said, we, we do need to, uh, to dive into this defense. That was so good last week. And um, look, I, I, I'll say this. I don't think Lou Anarumo, even though I am, whether it's fair or not, like, all right, Cooper Rush, you're going to let Cooper Rush beat you. 
I don't think this defense feels that way. Uh, I, I talked to some veterans. They're like, yeah, we got tape on him, so that's good. But he's played. That's why we have that tape. And they think he's going to be able to operate that Cowboys offense, which I know looked really, really bad last week. It's a bounce-back game for them, too. But I, I don't think this defense is rolling their eyes at the Cooper Rush, C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz combo. And I, I do think they respect that running back room, too. So there are some weak links in the offensive line, no doubt about it. But I think overall, the Bengals, they do not and understand that most of them were on the field for the Mike White issue. Mm-hmm. They don't want the, the, the same thing happening this year that happened last year. Yeah, I think that the the difference for Cooper Rush's productivity last year when he played is, is something that Marcus pointed out in our crossover episode yesterday. And if you want more of the perspective from our, our great Lockdown Cowboys counterpart, Marcus Mosher, go check out yesterday's uh, crossover episode, is that the weapons in Dallas are greatly diminished. CeeDee Lamb is, is a fine, very, very good potentially player. Marcus thinks that he's the number one receiver. The other starting receivers for the Cowboys, as far as I know, are a guy named Dennis Houston and a guy named Noah Brown. And Noah Brown's been around for a while and, and has been a solid player in the league when he's had opportunities. But those guys and Dalton Schultz and Tony Pollard and, and Ezekiel Elliott, is that really scarier than what the Bengals saw from the Steelers last week? The the Cowboys have Zach Martin, but they also have uh, a fan favorite uh, between the two of us, Matt Farniak at left guard. So so when you're looking at the matchup on paper, you're saying, okay, Zach Martin versus DJ Reader could be a fun strength-on-strength matchup, but DJ Reader against Matt Farniak? I mean... Matt who? Farniak. And, you know, Jason Peters plays for the Cowboys, too. We'll see if they try to put him out there this week and slide Tyler Smith in. It's not something that we talked about with Marcus, so I don't know if that's part of their plans or not, but I I like the Bengals in the trenches in this game. Mm -hmm. I like the Bengals outside in this game. I like the Bengals safeties and linebackers in this game. And as long as, you know, they can make Dallas one-dimensional, I think. So if they tackle well and they don't let the Mm -hmm. Cowboys do what Mike White did, like exactly what Mike White did, which with that image in their minds, they're taking this seriously. They're thinking about the ways that they can make life hard on Cooper mm-hmm. Rush, just like they did for Mitch Trubisky. It's hard to imagine how Dallas gets offense going when the defense is on the field. Like, if these teams just play straight up, there's none of that week one weirdness with, you know, 20-yard punt return here and, and a pick six there and five other turnovers here and there. You know, it's hard for me to imagine Dallas getting much going in this game. And again, if you go listen to the crossover, Marcus, I think, agrees. Yeah, I, I think the key there is starting fast. Don't put your defense in a bad position on the road where Cooper Rush gets into a rhythm. Because if he always feels out of sync, if he always feels, man, I'm getting hit every other play, he'll start to get some happy feet. There'll be a turnover. He'll force a ball. He'll throw a ball short or hang a ball in the air too high or something will get batted up in the air. Something will happen. But if he gets comfortable – I watched Baker Mayfield complete 17 straight against, and it's a way different defense, but two years ago, right? With no Odell Beckham Jr. Like, you just don't want him to get to feel comfortable. That's all. Make them feel you. Mm-hmm. And last week, the Steelers, they had such a conservative game plan with better skill players. 
I mean, a worse offensive line probably, but better skill players than this Cowboys team. I mean, of those guys you mentioned, I, I think Pat Fryermuth might start over Dalton Schultz. It's close. And in the passing game, Schultz is a little more explosive. But of the two, it's close. The, mm-hmm. the trio that the, the Steelers have at receiver, C.D. Lamb, of course, is starting, but those other three dudes are all making all play. So Najee Harris is obviously better than this Zeke and Tony Pollard. So that that's the part of it where it's like, okay, you don't even have the threats that you had before. So even if you do some of this tricks, trickery stuff to try to generate yards, it shouldn't be that successful. But I think the key is getting off to a quick start because if you do that and you put – a quarterback like Cooper Rush down 10 nothing or down 17-3 versus being up 17-3, it completely changes uh, the way things work. Uh, maybe you, you have some more thoughts on the defense. Either way, we have one more segment to go, including my prediction. I'm going to give it an official prediction. I had 24 more hours to do it, and I, I want to give an official prediction now, even though we did one on the crossover, because why not? You can't have enough predictions. First, a word from bet online bet online is your number one source for all things pro and college football betting and sports info this season including if you think the Bengals are going to beat the cowboys on sunday well maybe you just pick them straight up maybe you take the points whether you're getting them at seven seven and a half eight it depends on when you look at bet online it's moved around a little bit i like them uh, i like them even points wise i think they spoiler on the, the prediction we'll see if they get it done because i liked them last week and i I would have taken the points, though, with Pittsburgh. So they're going on the road. Maybe you're going that that route. Maybe you just think Jamar Chase is going to win Offensive Player of the Year or Joe Burrow is going to bounce back in a big way over the final 16 and make a push for MVP. The bottom line is, if you want to wager on sports, and I'm sure you're a big sports fan if you're listening to this podcast, get to bet online right now. It's not just NFL. They got you covered for college football, NBA futures, Major League Baseball, UFC, boxing, golf, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to start betting right now with Bet Online, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. James, I do have one other thought on the defense and, and just it. a couple other minor notes. We're in we sync to today. Your prediction. Yeah. yeah. We're in sync today, man. Lockstep. Uh, Cooper Rush when blitzed. Lockstep on locked on. Cooper Rush when blitzed in 2021. He was blitzed on 16 of his 51 dropbacks. It tells you how much he played last year. Didn't <laughs> fare very well going just 7 for 14 with a handful of turnover-worthy plays, just 6.4 yards per attempt on those plays. So, you know, limited sample size here. But I wonder what's there on tape for Luana Remo to get into. Mm-hmm. That, that's just a little fun tidbit. Luana Remo dialing up some stuff. Getting creative with that defense where three safeties, Mike Hilton off the edge, big pop. Sure. And Mike Hilton actually had uh, some some really nice blitzes in week one, something that we didn't really get to talk about because we haven't talked a lot about the defense. And how, I mean, we've referenced how well they played, but we'd be talking about it more if the Bengals had won that game. The other just minor notes, real quick. 
before we get into uh, your prediction is we haven't talked about injuries because we have our crossover yesterday and today we're doing our, our, our preview. Nothing yeah. of, of major concern. We would have talked about it, of course, but uh, I, I just noticed today, James, actually, that Alex Kappa, Trey Flowers, Trey Hendrickson, and Hayden Hurst were all on the injury report at all. They're all full participants in practice, so yeah. nothing severe to worry about, but um, just something to monitor. Alex Kappa with a knee, and actually uh, Cordell Volson as well with a hip, uh, mm-hmm. listed as, as a full participant. So nothing major, but Trey Hendrickson's back, already showing up on the injury report, something that we'll have to watch this year. Hopefully that doesn't get worse. Hayden Hurst has a, uh, a groin issue going on. Again, full mm-hmm. participant. And then the upgrades from Wednesday to Thursday to mention Trent Taylor still dealing with that hamstring goes from a DNP to limited and Josh mm-hmm. Tupo goes from DNP to limited. So uh, Devin Asiasi getting into the mix a little bit with some limited practices, nothing crazy to worry about here, but just something that we haven't mentioned and uh, some things to keep an eye on, I would say for Kappa and Volson and Hendrickson in particular. I talked to Volson today. I know Kappa talked today. I think this is just, they have to be honest that something's mm-hmm. bothering them, you know, um, but nothing, nothing that's putting them in danger this week. Oh, Certainly yeah. worth monitoring, though, about re-aggravating or anything like that or making it worse. So, yeah, it's certainly worth mentioning. Um, I do expect Trent Taylor to play. Josh Chupo, I think so. Feels feels like he's going to play. Uh, as far as, you know, question marks, do any of these newcomers get the call? Or are they all inactive again? Is Devin Asiasi, does he get the call right now? I don't think so, even though he's, you know, limited and, and getting kind of in the swing of things. Max Sharping, does he get the call? Is he going to be active or, or is he still inactive? And then the same thing with Jay Tufele. Uh, we'll see. And, and part of that could be, is Tupo healthy? Is Tupo mm-hmm. good to go? So mm-hmm. we'll see there. But uh, I, I, I've been monitoring those three specifically because I think the plan is for at least – at least two of them to be active more weeks than not long-term. And, and that could just be a matter of attrition too. Bengals relatively healthy and hopefully it stays that way. I think there's also some matchup stuff. Like I wouldn't have been surprised if Tufele was up on week one and those defensive linemen played a lot of snaps from a percentage yeah. perspective, the starters did. So maybe they just felt like, you know, they, they had a good plan for week one, but Tufele in particular was a guy that I thought we could see up and, and rotating early in the season and and the sharping one that one will be the the potentially spicy one right if he's mm-hmm. active and someone else on that interior offensive line is not looking yep. for some drama there that that's that's what i'm looking for yeah and it, it might be a week too soon you know mm-hmm. maybe they're they're gonna give them because they've only been here for two weeks i mean right. i can't imagine that man you it, you've moved multiple times and, and had to b- make big moves and stuff to do that and get to work. And and I know that the NFL players, they have help and those things and still tough. That's still, that's still tough to mentally get ready and oh, yeah. do. And I know it. they make a lot of money. I'm not saying that, but I just. Whew. A lot of learning to do to, to yeah. hit the ground running in this kind of job. And two weeks is enough time for most NFL players to be ready to go. But sure. I, I did watch a little. If they need to of- be ready. Yeah. If they need to be ready, of course. I, I did watch a little snippet of Chuck Pagano talking about his emergency quarterbacking situation with Pat Mac. He's on the Pat McAfee show now. And Pat McAfee was the emergency quarterback for them one week. And uh, they they had to get they, – they had two new quarterbacks that they had to prepare late in the season because Andrew Luck got hurt and then Hasselbeck got hurt and then Charlie Whitehurst got hurt. Everybody got hurt. And so they bring in these 
extra quarterbacks. And because they only had a couple days to get them ready, they taught one of the quarterbacks a two-minute plays and the other one the rest of the game. So they put in one of the quarterbacks for the two-minute situation. And uh, so that's just a little anecdote about how it can be very hard sometimes. That's smart, though, (laughs) to to do it that way, I guess. Um, Yeah, I mean, think about Quentin Spain. He got here on a Thursday and played mm-hmm. on a Sunday. At, tackle, at a tackle, right? yeah. at tackle. Well, uh, getting these of, guys um, ready. The, the joys of the 2020 season. All right, you ready to go, Jake? Yeah, you got to get creative if you're a coaching staff. Got to get creative sometimes on podcasting. James, you don't have to be very creative with this prediction, but I, I'm expecting the hot take chain isn't on. So this no. is this is not a hot take. Let's go. No, it's not a hot take. You know why? Because the Bengals should beat the heck. Apparently, I'm not allowed to go past the H-E double hockey sticks out of the Cowboys. That's what they should do because that's what AFC teams do. By the way, if the Bills are playing the Cowboys this week, I would expect Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, and I could go on and on and on, Von Miller, to go down there and kick the snot out of the Cowboys. So I'm holding the Bengals to that same standard. I think they have an elite quarterback who didn't play like it in week one. I think their offensive line is better than a lot of people, especially Bengals fans, uh, are realizing I expect them to be better. Micah Parsons will still get his. I, I get that. Parsons could have two to three sacks, and the Bengals' offensive line could have a really good day. All right? Parsons is the outlier. Don't let him wreck the game. So I, I expect that as well. Is it going to be easy? No. No NFL game is easy. But if you're telling me that Cooper Rush, C.D. Lamb, and insert whoever else is going to handle business against this defense, the way they played last week, the way DJ Reader is playing, the way this secondary is playing. And I think the turnover or two is coming. Plus, Joe Burrow bounce back. I think Jamar Chase is going to be great. If T. Higgins plays, awesome. If not, T. will see you in New York because I think the Bengals are going to be one and one going to New York. They rebound. I'm going to leave my score the same. I I tried to tease it, get people hyped up. I'm going to leave my score the same, 27-17. It is an NFL game. And I, I, I think uh, it might be like 27-3 at one point or 27-10. And, and then the Cowboys scored uh, a late touchdown to make it a little more respectable. But the Bengals do cover the spread at Jerry World, improve to one and one. And uh, yeah, Bengals fans will be excited. Jake won't be wooing after a win over the the Dallas Cowboys with that Duck Prescott. But I think a lot of locked on Bengals listeners will be wooing on Sunday night after the Bengals get the job done. Yeah, and, and I, c- I could see it being a two-score game, certainly, as far as I'm going to get involved in this prediction. I-, I could also see like 24-10 or something. You would like it to be better on offense in 24-10, but we've seen them go with this kind of game plan before. I don't think this is a time or the place for it necessarily, but you could see, I could see it being just, you know, a little bit. But again, I have a hard time seeing the Dallas offense getting going, just like I had a hard time seeing the Steelers offense getting going last week and the Steelers offense didn't get going. And and I could see if the Bengals jump out, it could be much, much worse. Sure. I just, I, I think it's just going to be, one, it, it'll be kind of like, and I forget the final score in Detroit last year. Remember, it, it, it was a slow start. The Bengals' offense better not start slow. They better come out like gangbusters. And if they do that, maybe 27-17 is a bit conservative. But, um, yeah, I think they handle business. And I think 30, they win by at, at least 10. 34-11 in Detroit last year. With but it was a slow start. You rem- yeah, you remember that? Yeah. They, they scored on the first or second drive. It was the Chris Chris Evans, Chris Evans. yeah. Um, just as far as importance of this game, 
starting oh. 0 2 is often a death knell. So um, just just getting out of the prediction for a second, they need to win this game. Oh. For 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 a couple of reasons. One, it's one of their easier games remaining on the schedule. Two, mm-hmm. starting 0 2 is just a very hard place to recover from historically, and this team could do it, but you just don't want to be there. And if you've dropped two very, very winnable games against teams that I think are worse than the Bengals for one re- one reason or another, that will certainly have the regression hawks screaming from their nests. And then you get the Jets next week. So I'm looking for at least two and one. I would like the Bengals to get to that Ravens game at three and one. Yeah. If, if they want to go on the run, they want to go on this year. For sure. I, you know, expectations should be high. And what I would say last year, it didn't feel like it cost them, you know, the loss to the bears, the, um, the loss to the jets losses like that. Mm-hmm. It did because we were talking about the division and not something more expectations aren't division anymore. They're higher. And, and so if you want to be like the chiefs where you're considered a contender year in, year out and, and through all of 2022, you should have won last week. All right, you can't go back in time. This isn't back to the future. Fine. Handle business this week against the Dallas team that is beat up. They're missing key pieces, not just Dak Prescott. And they signed Jason Peters, who's older than Jake Lisko and me, not combined, but still older than us. And the Bengals only have like two guys in their 30s. All right, they signed Jason Peters, who's in his 40s. Uh, so, you know, in I thought he was washed two years ago when Carl Lawson that Philadelphia game at, at uh, Paycor. Whew. Carl Lawson was whooping him, man. And so. And you call me ageist. Uh, whatever. Go get it done in Dallas. <laughs> right. And you can't say must win week two, but I agree with you. It's, it's time to win a game. And it was time last week. I think they knew that they're going to go out, play well, and they're going to get this win. I mean, it makes it easier later in the year. Like you don't want to necessarily be going into week 17 against the bills and have it have the same stakes as week 17 last year against the chiefs. Like, yeah, they could very easily go out there and beat the bills and clinch whatever, but let's have that game before the one seed and not AFC North. Correct. That that's, that's what we're talking about this year for this team. And if, and if they can't get it done here, then maybe we're talking about something different for this team, right? If they drop to Owen two against the Steelers and the Cowboys, I don't see this happening, but if that happens, what are we talking about with this team? Then it's maybe time to, to reassess where they're at, but and I'm not reassessing that to happen. And I'm not reassessing a damn thing. So get it done. Exactly. And, and it's again, not an option. Reassessing no reason to is think not they will. an option. Go get it done. I think they will. I think they will. We'll have you covered after the game. It's a late window game. So we'll be late next. Uh, we'll be late on Sunday, I guess not next anything. And we'll have your post game coverage. James will be down there at Jerry world. Ooh. And we'll have you covered right Big here screen. on Lockdown Bengals, covering the Cincinnati Bengals every day. We appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Until then, who day, and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. 
available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.